Brothers and sisters, welcome back to yet another episode for the podcast, I Need Answers. This is your boy, we're going strong. We're near the end, sadly, but you know, we're not, we didn't finish yet. So we still got more things to talk about. Uh, This episode, we're on chapter nine of the book, if you're following along, and this is the one about parents, right? It's titled... Parents are from Mars and children are from Venus. I'm pretty sure this is probably your parents' favorite chapter. They're probably telling you like, oh, read this chapter. Make sure to read this chapter. Because, you know, it's a parent's favorite chapter for a reason. But it's written for everyone. And, And especially like if you're in your 20s and 30s, like I know what you're thinking, right? Like, you don't need this chapter. Oh, this is for the kids. Nah, I don't need this. <laughs> and this and that. But before you skip over this chapter, understand that the relationship with our parents is something that is important whatever age we are in. So it's important to step back and really learn a lot from this chapter, regardless how old you might be. But before getting into all that, let's do what we usually do. Sit back, gather our thoughts in our minds, and ask God to bless the service, the episode that we're about to do for today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, I mean, holy, holy, holy is your name, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for bringing us together to do yet another episode for this podcast. Heavenly Father, we ask you that you bless all the people listening to this, bless their day, bless their family, all of their loved ones. I ask you, God, that you give me the ability to speak. Use me as a vessel, God, and accept my services that I offer up onto you. Through that intercession of the Most Holy Theotokos and all of the saints, for blessed are you unto ages and ages. Amen. All right, let's get right into it. So here's the thing. Let me start off by telling you like how this chapter even got incorporated into the book. So I, you know, finished and I've talked about the process that went through in like producing this book. But like, so when I finished writing the book, one, one of the people that I gave the first edit to uh are my parents and i i told him to look over it and all this stuff and my mom after reading it was like wait a minute like like this is a great book and all of course you know mama mama has to say that she an amazing book the best book i ever read you know but then she was like i i think there needs to be a chapter about parents and their relationship with children and initially i was like i don't know how i feel about that but you know, she made the case that, like, this is not just a suggestion or something like that. It is part of the Ten Commandments. This is a spiritual matter. Respecting your parents is not, like, something that your parents just tell you to make sure that you do whatever they tell you to do. It is uh, part of the Ten Commandments that we need to abide by. And for that reason, of course, I agreed. And that's how this chapter really came about, is... It's based on, you know, my mom's recommendation and seeing that our relationship with our parents is something that like is spiritual. It's not something that, oh, it would be nice if it was good or bad, but it's like, you know, it needs to be. It's a spiritual, it's a spiritual relationship. Now, like a long time ago, I heard this proverb of like, you know, when you were a toddler, 
you think your parents are perfect. Like they can't do anything wrong, right? Like you, you ever see like a four or five year old kid? He looks up to their his parents. Um, and they, he thinks like his parents are just perfect. Whatever you like, if you ever hear little kids talking, well, my mom told me that and my dad said this. So that's the truth. Like, that's it. It doesn't matter what the rest of the world is saying. Whatever your mom says is correct when you're a toddler. But then something happens when you get into the teenage years and suddenly you think your parents are completely wrong about everything. And it's like, oh, my mom is crazy. My mom is just, mm, yeah, my mom, oh. Mm. And then, like, you just think, like, your parents are just, you know, I don't want to say bad people, but, like, you think they can't get anything right. It's like, oh, my mom is just wild. And then, like, it's those teenage years is, like, you can't give anything, any credit for your parents. And, of course, this is the time where you fight with your parents all the time. You can't stand them. You don't want to be around them. That's part of, like, growing up. Then when you become a young adult, you start to recognize that your parents are, believe it or not, human beings, right? And they're, yes, they make mistakes from time to time, but they love you very much. And the amount of love that your parents have for you is actually something that you slowly will begin to understand over a lifetime. It's not something that like, you know, you're going to be at 21 one day, wake up and be like, huh, I realized something. My, my parents love me. Like, it's not going to come down to that, right? But like the older you get and the more you interact with your parents, you begin to understand. Like every, I think every kid knows that, you know, his parents or her parents love them. But the amount of love is uncovered throughout your lifetime. And I think that's, you know, the beauty of, of having a good relationship with your parents. In order to really kind of um, tell this aspect, uh, this idea, I begin this chapter in the book by talking about an event that occurred in my life. And of course, you know, one of the themes that I keep coming back to in the book is my experience in the monastery, obviously, because it shaped me up in a great way. I mean, it completely changed my mindset. It completely changed my attitude about everything. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, as you can imagine. So I talk about that a lot in the book. And, you know, chapter nine is not an exception. So I begin by saying, you know, um, the events surrounding my journey to the monastery right before I was about to go. And initially, what happened is, like, I told my parents that I was going to go to the monastery. And, like, I told them I'm, I'm going to quit my job, like, leave my life here in America and join the monastery. And as you can imagine, my dad in particular was not happy. Like, he was concerned. And... You know, my dad had great concerns. It wasn't like, you know, my, my both my parents go to church. You know, they, they, they're they good Christians. But they, there's obvious concerns, which is like, okay, so you're going to quit your job. How are you going to sustain yourself? Like, what are you going to do for money? Like, what, 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 what how are you going to live? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And my response to my dad was, wait a minute. Like, I had planned this trip to the monastery for over two years. So I had saved money in my bank account. Um, I bought a house and I was renting it out so I could be making money while I was in the monastery. Now that's a boss move, right? So I had everything planned out. And in fact, at that point in my life, I wasn't telling my parents like uh, permission. 
I wasn't saying like, hey, can, can I go to the monastery? Please, mommy. Please, daddy, can I go? I was old enough. I, I can make my own decisions. I had enough money. So I was just telling them to be nice. Like, just to be nice. In fact, initially, what I was going to do was I was going to, you know, act like everything is normal and write a note to my parents and dip out, you know, saying it's been fun, mom and dad, like, peace. I'm out to the monastery. Hopefully we meet again sometime, you know, and then leave. That was my initial thought. But I was like, you know, I'll be nice. Like my parents, after all, did a few things for me and I'll let them know. And then, of course, uh... Immediately, my parents and I, like the minute I told them, we just started arguing and I was getting annoyed with them. I started arguing with them and looking at it now, if I'm truthful, I was extremely rude to my parents, right? Like, you're not even a real Christian. Like, what are you doing? And all this stuff that just you don't say, even though my parents are, and keep in mind, this is in the umbrella of a spiritual journey, right? Like, I'm hiding behind this thing of like, because at that time, my mind, state of mind was I'm doing everything right. Like I'm going to God. There's nothing that my parents can't tell me. Any advice my parents tell me is, is not the Christian advice and all this stuff. You know, again, looking at it now, it's amazing. Sometimes how we talk to our parents, we tend to talk to them like, and this is not just about parents. This it could be about brother, sister, whatever. We tend to be the rudest to the people we love the most. Like the way we talk, we all claim I have yet to meet a young person who's like, I hate my parents. I've never heard that before. Right. You might say it in the in the heat of the moment or like out of passion. But I don't think anybody like really says like, I hate my parents. Right. So we all love our parents. But the way we talk to them, we don't talk to strangers that way. We don't talk to like random people that way, but yet we, we are very mean and like just rude to our parents. So in that state of mind, I went to the monastery. When I came back from the monastery, it just so happened. I hit rock bottom without getting into the details. I lost the house that I was renting and like I was boasting about and my bank account, and when I tell this story, people think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. I literally had zero dollars and zero cents in my bank account. Zero dollars and zero. I had nothing. I had no idea where my life was going. I hit rock bottom. Now, this was the opportunity for my dad to come into my face and say, I told you so. Like, if there was an ever opportunity to say, I told you so, that was justified this would be it but instead my dad took me to the dealership literally like two days after i came back to america and he bought me a new car no questions asked nothing about like how you failed didn't you this is what i was worried about this is what i was trying to nothing of that but simply i'm i got your back case in point your parents love you unconditionally and they will support you unconditionally. So be nice to them. I can honestly say your parents and siblings 
are probably the only people that really, really, really got your back 100%. Like, your best friend has your back, but maybe at, like, you know, 98%, right? Like, there's always, like, some type of threshold for for people. Like, after a certain while, even a friend is going to be like, this is too much, and walk away. But your parents, they will never... Even sibling might say, like, this is too much, and walk away. But your parents, man, you got to be nice to them. Like, I know they're annoying. Like, I know, I know, I know they're annoying. Again, I'm not saying this, forgetting the fact that it's extremely difficult to understand them. I mean, they just think differently. They just think differently. I remember debating about my mom of, of like whether or not I'm allowed to order pizza on my own because she's worried the pizza delivery guy might kill me or something. And I was like, "Mom, like, what are you, what, what, what are you talking about?" Right? So, parents. I get it. Like, they really have, like, this thing and the way they look at the world is different from ours. I do think that's partly, obviously, because they grew up in an era and a country that's completely different than ours. But again, it's like we we have to try and do better. Again, it's hard, and I get it. All they talk about is study, 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 and they think you're a robot, and they, you know, sometimes you even feel like, they won't give you any room to breathe or, or, you know, they call you again and again and again. Hey, where are you at? What are you doing? What time are you coming home? Hey, what are you doing? Hey, this and that. Uh, especially if you're a little bit older. You know, and you tell your parents, hey, I'm about to take a vacation in this area. It's like, oh, no. Oh, my goodness. And everything is like the end of the world, you know. And I get it. Again, some parents are more, should I use the word bizarre? I don't know. Uh, they're a little bit more extra than other parents. I've heard of a situation once where the parents did not trust their kids at all. So they decided to break the door down. And I mean that literally. They removed the door from the room so that the child would no more uh, would not have privacy anymore. I mean, that's like really extra. So how can you, how can you explain this? I mean, like, how can you rationalize this? I don't think you can. So again, I, I get I get it, like I get it. It's tough to deal with parents, but the case that I'm trying to make in this book is there are things that you personally can do to make the situation better. A lot of parents call me, and they ask me to talk to their kids, right? Like people hit me up, and and these phone calls happen a lot, right? So. Typical call is like, you know, a parent calls and, you know, like, hi, Dakwandawit, I've heard about you and, and you know, my son is a good kid, but uh, he's been a bit disrespectful lately or my son is a good kid, but, you know, he has some bad friends and stuff. And, and I was, I was wondering if you can talk to my kid and I'm usually like, okay, all right, let's talk to him. Then I talk to the kid and I'm like, all right, what's going on? And the kid in turn Complaints about his parents and he's like, my parents are ridiculous. They don't give me any space. Da, 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 da. And like, this is a vicious cycle, right? So the parent is not happy and the kid is not happy. Eventually, I ask a simple question. Are you happy with your relationship with your parents right now? And this is a question to this listener right now. Are you happy with your relationship with your parents right now? If the answer is yes, good for you. I'm glad. Like, thank God, Right. If the answer is no, I strongly advise that you listen carefully. I'll do that again. 
If the answer is no, I strongly advise you listen carefully. Now, if you've read the book, you know exactly what I'm doing here. The word listen just happens to be the acronym for the strategy I use in order to win an argument against your parents, right? So this chapter, even though your parents might like it and might tell you to read it, whatever, especially if your relationship with your parents is not going well, I promise you this chapter is your best friend because I outline how to win an argument with your parents. I mean, this is, this is the way to do it. So, uh, that's what the rest of the chapter is about. It's about these acronyms, these strategies that you could implement and how to win an argument against your parents. So let's look at the acronyms. Uh, L is for look at the tab. Look at the tab. I is for improve your grades. S is sit them down. T is take control. E is for eliminate. And N is no means no. No means no. Now, uh, so I got to tell you something here. If you bought the book, like when it first came out, you might notice that E stands for escape and not eliminate, right? And there's a second edition for the book. You don't have to get the second edition. If you do, that's amazing. But uh, in the second edition, I do make a, a few changes. And one of the changes I make is, you know, E stands for eliminate because it sounds better, right? Like escape. <laughs> You're not being chased. You know what I mean? So E is for eliminate. And if you have like the new edition that you see eliminate on there, uh, that's just a side note. So if I'm saying E eliminate, that's why I'm saying that. And if your book says escape, that just means you have the first edition, but that's, that's not a problem. So let's look at them. Let's look at them in detail. L for look at the time. Look at it, sad. You know, this is, I think, obvious. And like, I wish growing up, someone told me this when I was younger, you know? But like, honestly, like, I think my dad did tell me about this, but I just never listened. Ah, ah, I never listened. See what I did there? See what I did there? I used the acronym again. Yeah, yeah I could do this all day. If you listen, you'll catch it. <laughs> so you got to continue. You got to continue. We don't have time for this. So uh, here's what I mean by look at the time. Look at the time. Recently, recently, about a week ago, I decided to make the, the big move of driving from Washington, D.C. to North Carolina. That's about a four and a half to five hour drive. Now, I think I'm getting old. Because like back in the day, like driving was nothing for me. But but recently, just sitting in the car for four hours, five, I'm like, oh my goodness, whatever. And I'm that type of person that like I don't like to stop and do whatever. So I do like a one-way drive. Like I don't stop. I just drive, right? So, you know, by the time like I got, so I drove to my parents' house. And by the time I got in my parents' house, I was tired. I was sleepy. I was hungry. I like, you know, the seven dwarfs, right? So like <clears throat> I was cranky and all this stuff. And I walk into my parents' house and I'm greeted by my nephew and niece jumping up and down on the couch. And I'm just like, uh, like, I like, like, I can't, I can't do this right now, you know? And I love my nephew and niece like most of the time, <laughs> but just not like, I just want to, I, I need rest. 
Like, I just need to come down. Like, I need, you know, like, like let me clear my mind. And they were just jumping up and down and like, ah. And the thing is, like, they're great kids. But I just couldn't meet their energy. Like, I like I didn't know. I was like, oh, hi. You know? And it was just, like, too much, you know? And I love them most of the time. Just not, <laughs> not at the time. So, keep in mind. My nephew and niece were excited to see me. They just wanted to play with me. They just wanted to hang out with me. They just wanted to see me. On the other hand, imagine a parent, like, after having, a, like, a crazy wild day at work and all this stuff, being greeted by some teenager who's ready to have an argument with them, right? So, you know, like, a parent has, like, some type of, horrible day at work and his boss is yelling at him and this that and the third and he's coming home like oh whatever and you walk in and you know that teenage kid is like mom i want to go to my friend's house what do you think the answer is gonna be i mean really think about it like what do you think the answer is gonna be to the request it's easy to say no keep in mind we already established that parents are weird they're they think differently and their default position is always no no like without even this is why like when you discuss with them when you talk to them they just like even if they didn't hear you right like they're no because it's just easier it's a safe uh, position it's like whatever so like they just you can eh, it's not worth it you know, so like they're just going to tell you no to avoid any risks that can come from whatever type of question that you want to pose. But here's the thing. When they're walking into the house, their brain is already like on fire because of like whatever is happening at work. So they can't even take the time to analyze your question. So it's so much easier for them to say no. Right? Because they, they, they don't really have time to process the question when they're being attacked by these type of questions. Like, no. Like, get out of my face. Right? So, what's the solution? Let it go. Let it go. Let your parents come in. Let them rest. Don't raise any controversial topics. You know? And if it's just a bad time, let it go. Even if, like, let's say you wanted to, you're, you know, let's say it's a Tuesday night and, like, your friend is asking you to come over on a Tuesday night and then your parents are walking in and you see that they're in a bad mood. Just stay home on Tuesday night. I know, like, that's like, but no, I miss my friend's house. But what I'm telling you is if you start an argument with your parents about going to Tuesday night, at the end of the day, you know your parents are going to win. And then that argument that you started on Tuesday is probably going to last for a week or two weeks. You see what I'm saying? But if you're smart enough to say, okay, you know, today's not a good day to raise like something controversial. I know that's going to upset my parents. And you let it go. Then another day you can ask for something else when they are in a good mood and chances are they're going to say yes. So again, look at the tap. Look at the tap. I improve you great. This is another no-brainer. Like, I feel like, like, honestly, like, a majority of the reasons why your parents say no to you is because your grades are not where they need to be. Again, when I talk to a lot of kids, they admit this. They're like, yeah, my, my grades are, you know, very bad. 
Well, I mean, what do you expect? Why would your parents encourage you to go out and have fun if, if you're not doing well? So, you know, do good, have good grades, and your parents, you'll see your parents will have no reason to say no to you. Quick note, quick note. You also owe it to yourself to do good. You also owe it to yourself to do good. Statistics. 39% of the worldwide poor have no formal education at all. 39%. One in six children in low and middle income countries will not complete primary school. And this was a, a data that was uh, compiled in 2015. One in six children will not complete primary school. This is bad. I remember when I was in a monastery, like there was, you know, kids ranging from what, like, 10 to like 25 years old and i remember like there was like this one smart kid or whatever i was like yo this kid is real smart they were like, oh yeah 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 he's very well educated he's learned up to sixth grade right so for them like getting a sixth grade education was a huge deal we're in america and if we're not taking advantage of the education system that's been provided to us what's wrong with you really there are a whole bunch of people uh, like in the entire world that are willing to take your spot. Understand you're blessed. So take advantage of what you've been given. Honestly, honestly, let's keep going. S, sit them down. Sit them down. This is like the first one that we talked about. Look at the time. But sitting them down also is about choosing the right time to talk to your parents and, and it's critical in winning an argument, right? Again, this is not about avoiding conversations altogether. All right. Now, I'm about to tell you how old I am. Not the number, but you're gonna. All right. And so here's the thing. Like growing up, my you know uh, one of the shows, TV shows I used to watch is Martin. You know, Martin Lewistic. Martin Lewistic. I I never knew what the lyrics were. I just hear Martin Lewistic. Whatever. Anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> So on that show, I, like one of the episodes that really stands out to me is Martin's girlfriend, Gina, wanted to get married. And they were like, for several episodes, they were having these fights of like, uh, so for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Martin and Gina, they were like dating for many, many years. And it was about the time that they were about to get married. But Martin was getting cold feet and he was acting weird and all this stuff. And she, she was like, I'm going to leave you. It's like, we're not like this relationship is not going anywhere. So after a long fight uh, about marriage, uh, Martin sits her down and he says, well, marry me then, you know, in like that voice that he does. And I'm paraphrasing. He said something else. I can't really say it on a Christian podcast. And of course, they have a bigger fight about marriage. Now, here's my question. Why did they fight? If his girlfriend wanted to get married, technically, Martin proposed. Why did Gina get married. Well, marry me then. Obviously, it's because the way he said something mattered, right? It's not about just the question. It's the way you say something can make a world difference. My parents have admitted to me that, like, they wanted to say yes to something I was arguing about. But just because the way I was arguing, I was just being argumentative and all this stuff and, and all of this stuff, they just said no. They said no. So here's the key. Just like in a date or like you're proposing or something like that, you, you have to set the mood right. 
right? Like, you have to get the flower and, like, you know, like, dim the lights and all this stuff and, and all this stuff. You have to do the same thing for your parents. Like, clean the house, cook, do something nice. Not just for one day, but keep up this behavior for a long time. Then schedule an appoint, appointment to talk to them about something important. This is key because scheduling an appointment allows both parties to prepare for a tough conversation so people know what they're walking into. And then raise a topic that you des- desire. And keep in mind, one session may not be enough. You might have to do this several times, but then at the end of the day, you will see that this is better than whatever you you have going on for yourself. T is for taking control. Don't get emotional when arguing. Like I said before, you you have like something to say or whatever, but the way you say something makes a huge difference. I remember when I used to argue, my hands would shake and I would argue with my dad and my voice would raise and I would start screaming all this stuff. And and this just did not make the point any clearer, right? Um, I talk about in my uh, in the book about a conversation I had with my boss where my boss started getting mad and angry and all this stuff. And I eventually said, hey, you know, I don't think this is fruitful. Let's take a break and convene, reconvene in a few minutes. And when I did that, my boss ended up apologizing because he was the one who was acting erratic and and argumentative. And he apologized. He even did most of the work. So take control when when you're discussing. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. E is for eliminate, like I said. E is for eliminate. Now, I, I talk about like certain behaviors that I think is just unacceptable, unacceptable, right? Rolling your eyes, yelling back at your parents, looking at your phone while they're talking to you, having earphones in your ear, slamming your door, storming out of the house, not responding back to when your parents talk to you, throwing a tantrum, comparing yourself to your parents. If you did it, why can't I do it? Now, the key is to eliminate these behaviors. This is completely unacceptable. And the irony for me is like, for some reason, these behaviors actually worsen when we get older. Like, you know, the whole, mom, stop. You're so crazy, mom. Ah, oh, mom, mom. Like, these things are unacceptable. Like, we can't talk to our parents this way. Honoring our parents is a Christian obligation. It's not just a mere good thing to do. We as Christians are expected to honor our parents. And finally, N. No means no. Don't try to compete with your parents when they tell you to do something. To put it in another way, like, know your place, boo-boo. Like, you are the child and they are the parents for the rest of your life. This is not about, like, being 18 or not. It's just, that's what it is. Right? So we have to start honoring and respecting our parents. And when they say no, let's accept it. Right? It doesn't mean, like, you, you don't have to... Talk about your opinion and you can't say what you feel about the issue, but it's just to accept the fact that no means no and moving on. So these are the strategies that really will help you win. And if you accept one, like if you accept a defeat in one battle, I promise you win the war over uh, a long period of time. So again, L, look at the time. I improve your grades. S, sit them down. T, take control. E, eliminate. And no means no. The challenge for this week is to write a letter to your parents, letting them know how much you love them. 
the letter should include all the great things they've done for you, not like complaining about your product. Hey, my mom, last time you didn't let me do this and keep all that stuff out. And hopefully you've learned something about your relationship with your parents. Again, this is a Christian obligation. This is not something that like, you know, a recommendation or anything like that. So we should really take these things seriously. And with that being said, um, hopefully you'll come back for the next episode. We only have two more episodes left. I can't believe this. The next episode is chapter 10. I want to be a deacon. I think. I think this is going to be interesting. Hopefully you stay around. Uh, with that being said, what's Father Xavier in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen.